You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. God is going to show up for us, and God is going to engage with us in these stories if we're open to them. And God's going to move us to a different place than where we are right now. By sharing our stories, we enable one another and encourage one another and empower one another to have greater faith, you know. Um, and uh, I, I think there's real great hope in, in that, that these stories still continue today. Yeah, so we all have these great stories. Hey, he appeared to me also. Here's my story. Here's what happened. Take it or not, but that's what happened. There are a lot of different people that Jesus shows himself to. And it was an amazing thing, time and time and time again, how Jesus showed up. I think he's, he's looking forward to doing that today. about uh, one of those resurrection stories, the story of Jesus appearing with uh, two persons on the way to Emmaus. Before I I do that, before we engage together in the scripture, what I want to say is, I hope you are someone that enjoys cracking open the book. I hope you are someone that reads the scripture on a daily basis. And I hope that you know that in a busy, crazy lifestyle, not all of us have that same time frame. But I think it's significant, I think it's essential that every one of us, every day, have a way of engaging with Scripture. Um, We do a lot of different things here at Schweitzer to try to help that come alive, and we're going to talk about that. But primarily today, what what I want to say is, that I think the way that many of us do Bible study or the way that we might approach the scripture is absolutely boring. And I think if there's one person that's bored with the way that we do Bible study, many of us, it's God. All right? May sound sacrilegious. Good. All right? I think God is bored with the way that many of us engage in Scripture. Because the Scripture is alive. It's sharp. It's dynamic. And every time that I go into Scripture, I don't know where God is going to take me. Now, uh, I'm not a connoisseur of art. You might have known that about me already, but I do freak, no, I occasion museums, and I remember some years ago being in Indianapolis in an art museum and being fascinated with a western display of art where uh, Frederick Remington's work particularly engaged me, and Remington's work in western art 
was very different than the way in which the other artists or many artists approach things. In the case of many other artists and paintings, it's like you're observing an event. You're, you're on the outside of it, looking in. But in Remington's work, it's like, man, if you're not on one of those horses, those horses are going to come right at you. He always painted his work in such a way that he was on the inside looking outward. He was right in the middle of it. And I think that's the way that we are supposed to engage in Scripture. I don't think we're supposed to read the Bible as an observer. And I don't think the Bible even tells us that we're supposed to study it. We're supposed to read it. We're supposed to memorize it. We're supposed to engage with it. We're supposed to do it. And don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. There's value in knowing the background of the scriptural stories. There is something about studying the material. But friends, uh, do this with me. Do this with me. <laughs> the mind interprets. Say it. The mind interprets, but the heart knows. But the heart knows. Uh, three ways in which we typically do Bible study in the Western world and the way that many of us do it, and we just keep doing it. So much of Bible study is like this. What are the facts? We get our text out and we read the facts. And secondly, uh, we interpret the facts. And then we apply the facts to our lives. And that, my friends, if we do it every time, over and over again, it's boring. Boring. Imagine taking ground beef, and every time you went into a restaurant, or every time you cooked at home, you had to cook with ground beef. You can make only so much meatloaf. You can make only so much hamburger. For the meal to be enticing and palatable and delicious and creative, God must be saying to us, meet with me in the scripture and in my word. I have no idea where I'm supposed to be right now. And so, um, I want to ask you the questions, the guiding questions. Who's guiding you? In your discipleship, in, in your life, with your understanding with God, is there a sense in which, uh, do you have a basic understanding of Scripture? And if you don't, could you find someone in your life, could you journey with others, who is guiding you in Scripture? And then, how do you engage in Scripture? Do you, do you see what we've been talking about? How do we step into the story? 
We at Schweitzer, we do the daily text, and that's a way in which you can listen to J.D. Walt's words. As, and and it, it's, he always takes you into a deeper, substantive understanding, and that's, that's a way in which you can engage in Scripture. The, the praying of the Psalms is a class we're doing where you don't just read the Psalms, but you pray the Psalms. The Psalms were written to be prayed, and they were written to be sung. They were not written to be studied. Do you see the difference? Engaging, engaging in Scripture. And when you look into the Scripture and you step into the story of Scripture, does your heart burn within you? Do you find yourself in the midst of the stories? Do you ever stop and think about which character am I? Am I called to be Jesus? What Jesus is doing in this story, am I called to be Jesus right now? How is Jesus, the living word of God, speaking into my heart and relating to me right now? And does it ever feel like you're really engaging with God in Scripture? And so uh, this morning, what I want to do is read now this, this wonderful story of two persons. It, we know one person was Cleopas. It may have been Cleopas's wife. It may have been another guy. But there's two disciples in a real life event on the evening that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And they're walking on this road, the, the road to Emmaus. They're journeying together. And they're saddened. They're disturbed. And there's a presence that just pops up with them along this road. And so as I read this, I want to invite you to use your senses. I want to invite you not to worry so much about interpreting facts or getting all this down, but just imagine yourself stepping into the story yourself. Ignatius of Loyola, the 16th century saint, gave us the gift of imagination as it goes into Scripture. And it's a wonderful practice. Just as we use the reason and the mind, we can step with our imagination into these stories and believe that God, the living God, can speak into our lives as we do this. So I'm going to read the whole story and then I'm going to give you a few more thoughts about how to engage in the story. And then we're really wanting to just step into the living story of Jesus today. So listen to these wonderful words. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, now, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their, uh, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know these things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, 
they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one. He was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since he, this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he exclaimed to them that what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So they went in to stay with them. He went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Would you lift up your handout that's in your bulletin and would you find that place where Ignatius asked these six questions or these six statements on how in which we can engage with Scripture, stepping into the story. Notice that he, he says just, and we can practice this this morning, and we can practice this any day of our life. So choose a passage of Scripture from the Gospel, preferably, where Jesus is interacting with others, okay? Ask God to be present as you step into this story. Ask the living God to speak his word into your life. And then read through this selected passages twice. We just read the passage. I'm going to read an excerpt of that passage I just read in just a moment. But read through a story twice so that you're familiar with the story. And here's, here's, here's the cool thing then just close your eyes and imagine the scene. What's taking place? Who's there? What is Jesus doing? What is he saying and how is he interacting with other people? Focus on other people in the scene. What are they saying? What are the emotions that they're feeling? So we're stepping into the story ourselves. And then engage the scene. Let the Spirit take you where the Spirit may want to take you. You may begin to have a conversation with Jesus yourself into a deeper phrase or verse of Scripture 
or somewhere else that God is wanting to touch the innermost part of your spirit. Don't stop and analyze this. The mind interprets, but the heart knows. We know how to interpret and we know how to discuss and we know how to engage in Scripture like many people do art. We look at it as an outside observer. But can we be a Remington? Can we be a Remington person of the Word of God where we step right into the middle of the story and we engage in the story itself? Do you see the difference? So engage the scene with all your senses. What do you see? What do you smell? What do you touch? What do you taste? Are you observing this scene as an outsider or as one of the characters? And then after you do this, and after you just let the Spirit go with you where you want to go, where the Spirit wants to take you. Just close with prayer. Spend a little bit of time speaking more from your heart into Jesus and what you've experienced together. So this morning, I'm going to read, and the words are printed right there um, on your handout, but you don't have to read these. I'm going to read these words, just the 11 verses. And as I do this, I'm going to simply invite you to consider what God may want to say to you in this scripture. And the questions may or may not help you. Don't, don't necessarily go there, but as I read this scripture, is there a sadness that you're carrying this morning? Are there ways in which you've lost hope? Maybe that's where you're going to identify with that point in the story. Or maybe you've been slow of heart to believe. And Jesus may be wanting to engage with you something about a place in your spirit where he wants to talk with you about that. Feel free to go with him in that. We read that their hearts burn within them as he opened the scriptures to them. We need the spirit. We need Jesus to open up the scriptures, this living Word of God for us. How might God want to open up the scriptures for you today? Maybe it's that point where you see where Jesus is explaining, didn't the Christ have to suffer? Maybe there's ways in which he's calling us to be the suffering Christ for someone else. And Jesus helped these two persons along the way. Explaining scriptural truths. Maybe God may be speaking to you how he's calling you to do the same for others. What I'm simply going to do, friends, right now is, is read the scripture. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes or to look at the cross or to find some focal point that just lets you lose yourself in this story. And after I read the story, these verses, we're going to go into five minutes of silence. This may seem like just a moment or it may seem like an eternity for you. But we're just going to have five moments of silence 
where you engage with God however you wish and however God may be calling you this morning. So listen once more to the living word of God. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did he not, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he exclaimed, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I realize that uh, when we do this, uh, it's not like automatically something necessarily happens, but oftentimes we, we can feel like we're engaging with God. How many of you felt like you were able to engage with God or had some sense of experience this morning, these last five minutes? Okay, thank you. Who is willing that raised your hands to come up here right now? <laughs> and just say a word about that experience. I've got a microphone here. Just three or four of you just may want to describe it just for a moment, no more than a minute or less. Come on up. Just uh, don't be bashful. Just come on up. Thank you. And others can be coming up and sitting here on the front pew. So you, you, are you okay with coming up the steps? Yeah. All right. Bless you. Thank you for being willing to do this. Thank you. Just share your experience, if you will. I, I suppose that the past few years I've struggled a lot with my faith. Like, I come to church, but part of me has started to wonder if any of it is really true. Um, but during the story, I just sort of closed my eyes and went back to a kind of meditation and prayer and silence. I just felt like I started telling myself, well, just imagine that this 
is true again. And as I let my imagination come back in, (laughs) I sort of realized that if Jesus existed and he was a vessel for the rest of us, that that means that um, I am a part of him if I accepted him long ago and that it is not only my responsibility but my reward to try to keep living a life like him and spreading love to others. (laughs) Uh, And I just sort of ask God to shield my children and help them to lead wonderful lives, be good children, and be protected. And towards the end of all of this meditation, I sort of had a realization that one day we too would, would die and our bodies would be returned to the earth, hopefully not the way he had to, but that we would also be risen, and it's all because of him. And I just felt very appreciative for the first time in a long time, and I guess I realized that I don't ever stop to meditate, and that's probably not very healthy. Thank you so much for those words. That's great. Someone else want to come on up? It's amazing how God downloads things in just a mo- in a second. See, I can interpret all this stuff and study all that, but just a download, all this stuff just comes to us. We're able to engage with God in this way. I know one more person wants to come up here and say something. I just know it. <laughs> come on up, brother. I think those were powerful words. Those were powerful words and hard to follow. So, way to go. Um, <laughs> um, I think I've been very guilty over the years of being overthinking and intellectualizing it, trying to analyze it and interpret it. And I tried to do what Bob suggested and think about the, you know, basically all the five senses. What are these people? What do they see? What do they smell? What do they, what do they taste? I mean, are they on a dusty road? Is it hot? Is it cold? Um, I think that taking that time for meditation kind of humanized the situation for me. It made me remember that these are not characters in a book. They're, you know, these situations are real. It's not something that, um, that's a product of somebody's imagination. These are experiences these people were having and how would I be feeling at the moment? Would I feel dejected? Would I feel scared? Would I, would I be running? Would I be standing up? Would I be falling down? And I, I, I don't think I tend to think of things that way. So that, that helped me a lot to, to try to remember that this is, these are situations that the people are going through, not just something that happened 2,000 years ago and eh, you move on to the next verse. So. Thank you, Matt. If one more person wants to say something, you you may. Uh, Let me just... uh, So so my mother passed away this week, and it was a wonderful homegoing. She died on my sister's 
birthday, my sister, my infant sister, who died when she was only 19 months of old age. And so uh, I was able to lead the worship experience yesterday back in the home county seat town. And, and uh, every time you go back into Scripture, your, your experiences are different, right? And you step into Scripture. And uh, I just was thinking of the Scripture. Uh, oh, f- uh, we had... We had hoped he was the one. And uh, my mother had such a wonderful, amazing faith. And we had an incredible celebration. And, and we gathered around and ate because she served so well. And um, I, I don't think I can ever read this scripture again in the same way. Of, and I've had so many people say to me, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual here, I'm really not, I'm so sorry about your mother. And I said, I'm not. <laughs> and... Two things that God gave me as I was preparing the message. Uh, he, he gave me this clear understanding that there was a great heritage of faith that, that I've been given. And we went back three generations. And, and I was to speak that into the life of people yesterday. And so our eight, her eight grandchildren and grand, great-grandchildren, it was an amazing, wonderful experience of God. And God gave me this very clear uh, communication that I was to tell the congregation how joyful and happy my mother is in that moment. And so I, I just carry no sadness. And I feel like I'm on the road to Emmaus after Jesus has appeared to me. And uh, I have no sadness. I have full hope and great assurance and it's just an incredible living journey when you know Jesus has got this. And, and I just believe that for everyone. I'm not saying that every death is as glorious as a 97-year-old. I'm not saying that there's not grief or that some people don't go prematurely. I'm not laying that on anyone. But just whoever you are and wherever you are and whatever you're carrying, If we will just meet with Jesus in the scripture, he will meet with us and we can engage with the living Christ. As the band comes up and they lead us in some closing worship, uh, there's that rest of the story where they go on to the village and Jesus pretends that he is going to go on and they invite him in and they share a meal together (laughs) isn't it wonderful how Jesus not only engages with us in scripture but he engages with us in the ordinary times of life over a meal and you see Jesus in everyone's face or you you engage in this meal and this is not just a meal but this is the holy meal in which we engage in But do you remember in the story where it says that Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them? And when he did that, their eyes were opened and they knew Jesus in the breaking of bread. As we share in this holy meal this morning and just as we've engaged with God in Scripture 
let's engage with God now in this holy experience of communion as our servers come and prepare to serve you this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you are present in this bread. You are present in this cup. You are present in this time of worship. And we, we want to just give ourselves to you right now in this moment, fully and completely, regardless of what's going on in our world or our lives. We just give ourselves to you. And Jesus, would you become known to us now in the breaking of this bread. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.